You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Giants Splash podcast, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Giants and Major League Baseball. I'm your host today, Chronicle Giants beat writer Susan Slusser, and with me is our national baseball writer, John Shea, fresh off writing about the big matchup, which we now know it is kind of what I think certainly we in the media, John, had been maybe hoping for because it's Giants, Dodgers, and who doesn't love a big story, storied rivalry? What do you think, John? I think this is what we all have been waiting for, whether it was publicly or secretly. I was uh, yeah, covering last night's game from afar, the wild card matchup, and I was a little surprised that many Giant fans on social media were rooting against the the Dodgers. I mean, they always root against the Dodgers, right? But how could you not root for a Giants-Dodgers postseason matchup? Yeah, there's so many reasons. I mean, not just the traditional rivalry, which is awesome. I think how many times the Yankees and Red Sox have played. Uh, and they've, you know, well, with the exception maybe of the other night, they've almost all been tremendous series. I guess they need more than just a one-game playoff for those to be good. Uh, but we've got we got a best of three. And this pennant race was staggering when you think about it. We know how um, unexpected the Giants were. That's We've kind of talked about that ad infinitum. And, um, yeah, they were. But the, the Dodgers had their share of troubles. Sure, a $300 million payroll or whatever and, and all that. But uh, an adding sure. But, the, the, you know, injuries, including Max Muncy right before the season ends, much like the Brandon Belt injury for the Giants, really, uh, and the Trevor Bauer situation all year, and Kershaw getting hurt. It's, you know, it wasn't necessarily easy for them, even with all their stars and all their money. Uh, and they kept pace in an incredible fashion with the Giants. Neither one of them just would lose. So um, from that standpoint, when you look at really two teams that played like not just meaningful games, but incredibly important games, essentially the entire month plus of the season. How do you look at this series? Yeah, I, the, the, the regular season series was fabulous. Uh, it, it went Dodger heavy early and Giant heavy late. And the most important game of the year uh, for the Giants was well, not just the last one in which they clinched the division, but you go back to September 5th when uh, it, it was Walker Bueller against a bunch of relievers, and that was going to decide who won the season series. And the Giants won that game. They knocked out Bueller early, and their relievers were dynamite, and they won 6-4. to four. And that was the beginning of a nine-game win streak. So they had to win that game, and they had to win all those nine, and... They had to win uh, at the end when they did because they finished only a, a game ahead, 107 wins to 106. But this is uh, this is the, this might be the best series of the entire postseason. I don't care who's going to be in the World Series or the LCS in the American League and National League. 
But, uh, hey, the, the Yankees and Red Sox, they're done. They played their little wild card game, and now it's just the Red Sox that are alive. And I wish this was a best of seven, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take a best of five because it's it's never happened. And guess who's pitching for the Dodgers? That same Walker Buehler in game one, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's astonishing. I mean, and, and look at the Giants. You know, it's, uh, their, their big question mark was they've got two really good starters right now. Two guys going, you know, an all-star in Kevin Gosman had a little bit of a dip in the second half, but kind of regained his form in the last two outings. And then you've got Logan Webb, who's just been really just fantastic since May, from May 11th on. He's very young. Gosman has more experience. It was an interesting um, decision. And of course, they go with Logan Webb for game one, which means he could go game five. Uh, you know, either one of them could. You don't like to make that switch if you have. You don't like to go from the, your game two guy to have him go game five, even with regular rest. It can send a little bit of a not necessarily great message to the game one starter if you do that. We've seen that happen to other teams. So I like this because I do think Webb is the guy they would want starting both those games. But Gabe Kapler said it really came down to um, recovery, rest. Uh, <laughs> Logan Webb's 24. Kevin Gosman uh, responds better to an extra day. They both do. You know, when you look at the numbers, almost every pitcher is usually a little bit better with five days rather than four. Um, but Logan Webb feels great physically. Uh, you know, he's a big, solid kid. He's pitched well. He's got a lot of, he loves adrenaline. So even though he doesn't have playoffs experience, uh, you know, he's, I think he, uh, pitching that one game, 162, that's about as close as you'll get to a playoff game as, as possible. And, you know, yeah, yeah he gives up uh, a couple runs late. But one run, the first seven innings, and the homer scores three runs. You like momentum going into a postseason. Logan Webb has momentum. Big game, Matt. I mean, uh, <laughs> I asked Gabe Kapler the other day, I, I said, would you consider Webb and Gosman, you know, big game pitchers? And he didn't directly answer the question, but uh, basically he, they've got to be big game pitchers. Uh, if you rely on Webb to go game 162 and he does what he did, I mean, my goodness, that's legendary. That will forever be remembered. I mean, that trumps the... Johnny Sanchez uh, 2010 finale in which he tripled and threw five scoreless against the Padres in a must win. Otherwise, there would have been uh, a tiebreaker with San Diego the next day. But instead, they they won the division on that last day because of the hitting and pitching by by Sanchez. And now you, you this guy went much deeper instead of a triple. He hit a home run, plus uh, got on base a couple other times. I think it's a great choice for for game one. I don't think that guy fears anything. And uh, it looks like for now, uh, I don't know if it's official, but it will soon that it'll be Webb and Bueller in game one and Gosman and uh, Julio Urias in, in game two. And then Scherzer will probably come back in game three. Now, that's like three Cy Young Award candidates. <laughs> and Kershaw's out, who won a whole bunch of them. So, um you know, I think Bueller actually outdid Scherzer statistically uh, at the end. Um, their ERAs and whips are the same, but Bueller has a lot more innings, so I think he might fare better in the Cy Young Award voting. And Scherzer is beatable. I mean, his final two starts at the regular season, he gave up five earned runs in both. And in this wild card game, he had 
issues with command. He couldn't find the play. He went three ball counts on a lot of guys. And he was upset he couldn't finish five innings because I think he had like 10 or 11 straight starts in the postseason in which he uh, pitched at least five. And he didn't this time. And he was a little upset. He was pleased with the outcome because they won on a walk-off home run. But I think this pitching matchup is going to be pretty tremendous. Yeah, and you know what? Here's another fun subplot that, you know, you talk about a game th- three. Uh, Alex Wood's probably pretty likely to get that game three start. Former Dodger was with them last year when they won it. Uh, lefty, probably the better matchup against the Dodgers. Uh, and he's a guy who has been kind of, well, I was going to say quietly, not really that quietly because we've made a huge deal out of it. He's been their stopper. So, you know, if it, if they, of course, the Giants would like to be in the position where they could wrap the series up in game three. Uh, but uh, they're 12-2 and two in his starts uh, following a, a team loss. So either way, you know, this is a good guy to have on the mound. Um, very experienced, very smart. We, we all love the fact that he works so fast, very efficient. Uh, and he's looked good since he's come back from the COVID list. Uh, and he's stretched fully out now. Uh, I, I, uh, it's, uh, that, that's a nice little fun subplot, too. And he's a good talker, so I think that's going to be pretty fun going into that one. His strikeout-walk uh, ratio is off the charts. I mean, he strikes out guys and doesn't walk guys. And that's exactly in the wheelhouse of Gabe Kapler and crew. Uh, they love those guys. Um, but it, it, Dodgers are going to have a tough lineup. We talk about the Giants and all their uh, big, big home run hitters. I mean, nobody had 30, uh, but they hit the most in franchise history and most in the National League this year. Only Toronto had more, and Toronto was on fire all year with their, with their power. But, uh, yeah, Muncy won't be there, but on the other hand, Belt won't be there. So both teams are missing a first baseman, but the Dodgers do not lack clout. I mean... Uh, Turner, Justin, 27 home runs. Uh, Mookie Betts, 23 home runs. Pollock, uh, 21 home runs. Uh, you know, Seager, uh, who missed some time, 16. Will Smith, the catcher, 25. I mean, uh, and Chris Taylor, uh, who got the walk-off home run, hit, hit, hit 20. So they're they're pretty loaded. And they picked up El- Elbert Pujols, who actually hit a bunch of home runs down the stretch himself in a Dodger blue uniform. So they, uh, they're no pushover. They won 106 for a reason. And I'm thinking that the national media or the Vegas uh, odds makers are going to suggest that the Dodgers are favored. Yeah, oh, I'm sure they will. I mean, isn't that always the case? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you look yeah. at, like, Zips had the, the Giants' chances of making the postseason entering the season at zero. Zero. Like, I don't even I know. Still zero. I still yeah. don't know how that's possible. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I just can't, I don't think, everyone understands the magnitude of Giants Dodgers. And it's just, it's all so much fun. We'll be back in just a moment with more with Chronicle National Baseball writer John Shea. But first a reminder, you can find all of the Chronicle's baseball coverage at www.sfchronicle.com. And to subscribe, go to www.sfchronicle.com slash pod. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So you mentioned them having so many guys with so many homers. The Giants had more homers. And the, the you know... The way things shape up for them, we all know how they use their bench. This is such a major strength going into a postseason. Um, they mix and match so well. They are so good at making the right decisions. They have so many calm, cool guys who have great at-bats off the bench. So many guys, you know, Lamont Wade, whether he's in the lineup or out of the lineup, um, is so good in clutch situations. Just cool and calm for a guy with very little big league experience. I think that's all going to help, but, you know... <laughs> They set the big league record for most pinch hit home runs in a season. That's, you know, it could wind up being a Darren Ruff or a Wilmer Flores who winds up deciding some games, not just in this series, but if the Giants advance, you know, going on forward in the in the postseason. And that would be so very 2021 Giants. I think I give them the edge, maybe not in the starting lineup against, you know, some of these big loaded teams. But when it comes to the bench, I'm not sure how anybody has a better bench. Yeah, that's true. And and nobody uses the roster quite like Gabe Kapler, who probably is going to be unanimous in National League Manager of the Year voting. I don't see anybody getting a first-place vote beyond what he did, uh, a, a manager who took over a team that had a losing record four straight years and was predicted to finish no higher than third, was predicted to maybe finish at 500, a little above, but not at 107 wins above. And I think that's the beauty of it. Maybe other teams will be looking at the way the Giants do things and emulate them and, and even, you know, get a manager who will, you know, figure it out in terms of, I mean, these are pretty extreme uh, using the splits and the matchups and, and, and such uh, the, the different reliever every inning. And, and I don't, I still haven't heard, the manager used the word closer. <laughs> it's always high leverage. It's, it's, it's you know, maybe your best reliever is used in the seventh or eighth, not necessarily accuracy like in the ninth. But it works, and you can't dispute it. And all the naysayers and critics who didn't think Kepler was the guy, uh, well, <laughs> Kepler turned out to be the guy. Yeah, I mean, I was a skeptic, I have to say, when they hired him. Um, you know, young, inexperienced, the Philadelphia thing um, had not gone all that well. Uh, there were, you know, lots of questions about some of the stuff that had gone on with the Dodgers, which I, you know, I, th- I hope that's all been put in the past because he's, he's had to answer that a lot. Um, MLB has, has said that they investigated all of that. So that's, let's put that all behind us. Um, but, you know, a huge young staff, um, with the exception of Ron Wotus, the one hold, holdover, I, I thought, yeah, I don't, I don't get this. I don't really see how this works. But, uh, you know, gosh, they, they have just, they've been fantastic. I'm so impressed with the work ethic. I'm so impressed with the preparation. And um, they're really unusual in the um, amount of care they show the players as individuals, which you might think that's that's just the norm, right? It's not really, you know. Um, look at your kind of tough, tough youth youth league teams and stuff. That's really more than you know. You know, you gotta be a tough it up and get out there when you don't feel good, and you have to come to every practice or you run laps. The Giants are very much kind of, you know what? 
you tell us if you're not feeling good. You tell us if, you know, we don't, don't be tough, be vulnerable. This is a, this is a new thing for me hearing this in pro sports. They, they uh, care very much about guys as individuals, their mental health, their physical health. They want input. They want communication. They want all that to be healthy. And I think that kind of shows in the team chemistry and vibe, you know, this kind of idea that we keep hearing from them, this sort of, um, I'm using the nicer language, the no jerks thing that they've been talking about that, that has been such a key for the team. I think some of that stems from the, the team, the coaching staff, and the fact that they have shown so much empathy and understanding for players as people. And uh, that's that's new to me. And I, I really, you know, it's different and I love it. This whole season sort of brought me back to 1993 for a couple of reasons. And covering that team, Dusty Baker's first year as a manager uh, in the wake of the Giants threatening to move to St. Petersburg. And then the ownership shift and Baker came in and Barry Bond showed up. And they won 103 games, and they finished second place, and there was no wild card. That actually kind of stabilized the the momentum for the, the use of a wild card, which followed in the years later. But 103 wins, they didn't make the playoffs because the Braves then in the National League West won 104. And then this year, and I'm thinking it's it's uh, it, it, this could be the same story. Maybe the Giants finished second and get bounced in the wild card game and whatever is going to be say they won 105 to the dodgers 106 and then that would have been uh, you know cause for mlb to get together again and maybe decide hey this one game wild card isn't fair let's make it a best of three or something but and there's a lot of great history uh, with this uh, with this rivalry and we're going to make some more here yeah it's 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 just amazing. Now, when it comes to the Dodgers, John, um, you know, how are they set up for a five-game series in terms of, uh, you know, you mentioned the starters. You mentioned some of that star-studded lineup. But how about the bullpen? How is the bullpen looking? I mean, they do have, a you know, a lot of pieces I think we're all very familiar with. You know, Blake Trinan, certainly in the Bay Area, uh, Kenley Jansen. Um, what have you seen from them lately as you've been kind of breaking them down a little bit? Well, Jansen seems uh, on fire compared to how we saw him earlier. Uh, he went one, two, three in this wild card game, and Blake Trinan is, you know, the, the Blake Trinan I think we saw in Oakland, a sub two ERA, and uh, somebody who could pitch the eighth or seventh or even close it out. He he's been he's been tremendous. Uh, Joe Kelly got um, got out of trouble. Uh, when Scherzer came out, yeah, and, what a you know, what a he, pitch! Woo. Yeah, yeah, he looked he looked tremendous. But they're they're um, they they got some depth there, uh, as much as maybe as much as San Francisco, um, and you know those are the big three. But they go they go deeper than that, and I think you're going to see maybe this series come down to the bullpens because starting pitchers just don't go deep anymore. I don't see Alex Wood going deep. Uh, in the third game. Um, but then again, Webb and Gosman could. Uh, Bueller and Urias could. Uh, or Scherzer could. I mean, they all could. But once they are faltering, and these are two managers who do not hesitate to pull a guy before the end of the fifth inning, no matter who you are. And that's why the bullpen could, could make or break either team. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. And it's going to be interesting to see the formulation of the Giants' bullpen. Um, you know, they, they've got some tough questions when it comes to the roster. Uh, if they take 14 position players, uh, say, including Alex Dickerson, uh, you know, against the Dodgers, they're going to probably want extra lefties. What what do they do with somebody like Johnny Cueto or, or maybe Kervin Castro, who's been a very nice piece this last month? That, that might be what the final decision comes down to should they want the extra bat and you know in short series they teams tend to want the extra bat yeah yeah i can't wait this is a this is going to be a series uh as we say with our cliches for the ages john looking at this series is there anything that uh from from a national baseball long time writer perspective jumps out at you in terms of the the historical significance or comparisons well, it's a great question. I had mentioned in 1993 only because the Dodgers were the team to knock them out in that last game. And instead of 104 uh, tying Atlanta with Bill Swift going the next day at Candlestick, it was 104 to 103 and the, the Giants got bounced. But there's so many games that came down to the buzzer. I mean, I, the the, uh, the biggest all time is – Bobby Thompson in 1951 with the shot heard around the world off Ralph Branca. Now that was uh, one of two times the Giants and Dodgers tied for first place, 1951 and 1962. And both times they required a best of three series. And all those games counted as regular season games, not postseason. So this is different. This is a postseason this year. And the Giants won both of those. And uh, they overcame ninth inning deficits both times uh, in 51 and and 62 and I mean you could go back to 1982 the Joe Morgan home run that eliminated the Dodgers a day after the Dodgers eliminated the Giants and 04 as recently as 04 with the Steve Finley Grand Slam that knocked out knocked out the, the Giants and it was, you know there's a lot of bad blood too I mean you can never overlook Marichal Roseboro in 1965 and and uh, the bloodshed, and uh, it turned out to be a nicer story than that day at 65 because uh, they became friends, and um, that, that's a cool thing that happened over time. And then Reggie Smith rushing into the Candlestick Park uh, crowd after a fan, uh, and then later became a giant. So <laughs> that was a little uneasy. And 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 uh, I'm talking about that 1962 season. Uh, you know, it's funny because. Uh, there was it was such it was only a few years after New York and they they just hated each other and Alvin Dark, who uh, the shortstop uh, from New York now managing the Giants, you know he watered down the base paths during during series so that you know Maury Wills and Willie Davis couldn't get good leads off first base, <laughs> and uh, uh, I mean shoot, Jackie Robinson the ultimate Dodger was traded to the Giants. And, uh, you know, before he accepted that trade, he retired. Not because of the trade he was going to retire anyway, but there's a whole lot of interesting things going on in this uh, in this rivalry. And, uh, you know, it predates anything that has gone on in 2021, which is fabulous and historic on its own merit. But, uh, you know, hopefully this will be a memorable chapter in itself. Yeah, and keep an eye on the former Giants, Alex Wood and Jake McGee. Just now back off the IL and feeling good, he could factor. So 
so many fun things. Um, we will be writing about it. We'll be talking about it. And hey, let's come back next week and break down um, whatever's happened most recently and whatever might be ahead for the Giants. Sounds good, Susan. Awesome. Thanks, John Shea, for joining us on the Giants Splash Podcast. Thanks again to John Shea for joining us on the Giant Splash podcast. You can find him on Twitter at John Shea Hay. Our producers today were King Kaufman and G. Allen Johnson. And our music, Batter Up, was composed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. We will be back again next week with more Giant Splash. Thanks for listening.